0: A few weeks ago, when we were uh, planning out this uh, planning out today, we were praying and asking God, "What do you want us to do?" And while we were praying, I got this image of uh, these bleachers, and I asked what that meant. And he, I felt like he said that there are people out there that are on the bleachers but want to be on the team. Neither don't have the courage to join it or just don't know how so we're gonna kind of just go into like a mini ministry time so if you feel like that's you if you feel like you're in the bleachers but want to be down on the team if you could either just I know it's brave um, if you just either raise your hand or stand up um, then we're gonna have uh, students uh, come pray for you and then uh, for those around them Uh, just extend your hand out to them. God, I just pray for those out there that just feel like they're in the bleachers, um, but want to come down and be on your team, because everybody gets to play, God. And I just pray that you just give them the courage to be able to to come and be on the team.
1: My name is Baden, and um, I'm going to be leading the prophetic exercise. So, in my when I was, uh, it's about listening and hearing for the Lord's voice, and we're going to be having an exercise. But before that, um, the Lord was telling me to t- uh, just give a short message. So, He wanted to, He wanted you guys to know that you are all like the Lord's sheep, and that He has picked every one of you out he has chosen you and he loves you all so much he is inviting you into his home right now and his home has always been such a safe place and is always like so um warm and cozy and it's just he wants all of you there no matter what you've done and where you have been he is the good shepherd and he is the gate he's the good shepherd he um He watches over every one of you, even if you don't always see it. He's watching over you, and he he, um, is always with you and is guiding you and, again, is just inviting you into his home. He is like the gate. When you walk into his home, you are saved. He has already chose to save us when he died on the cross, So there's no reason to fear, although he understands that fear, and he wants to comfort you. We get to taste and see that the Lord is good. All right, I'm going to read John 10, 1 through 18. What I'm about to tell you, Pharisees, is true. What if someone does not enter the sheep pen through the gate, but climbs in another way? That person is a thief and a robber. The one who enters through the gate opens the gate for him. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own sheep, he goes on ahead of them. His sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him. They don't recognize a stranger's voice, Jesus told this story. But the Pharisees didn't understand what he was telling them. So Jesus said again, what I'm about to tell you is true. I am like a gate for those sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I'm like a gate. Anyone who enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out, and they will find plenty of food. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have have come so they will have life i want them to have it in the fullest possible way he is also the good shepherd the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep the hired man is not the good shepherd and does not have and does not own the sheep so when the hired man sees the wolf coming he leaves the sheep and runs away when the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it the man runs away because he is a hired man. He does not care for about the sheep, but he is the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. They know me just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I give my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this sheep pen. I must bring them in too. They also will listen to my voice. Then there will be my one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I give up my life, but I will take it back again. No one takes it from me. I give it up myself. I have the authority to give it up, and I have the authority to take it back again. I receive this command from my father. John 10:27. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. We all are able to hear him in that way because he wants every one of us. As it said, he chooses us even if we don't belong to that sheep pen. So right. that that's uh, what he wants for you today. Um, when when you are hearing from him, at first I, I really did struggle with like discerning, um, whether it was my voice or his voice or um, the world's voice, so Something that has helped me is knowing the four voices of, that can pop up inside your head. There's the Father's, which is always affirming, it's fruitful, it's full of life, and it's like heartwarming, it's comforting. There's the world's, which is overwhelming and materialistic, you always want more in that way. There's ours, and we have two voices, the unhealthy and the healthy, which is um, just not as fruitful in general me as a perfectionist, um, uh, I, uh, that's, that, that's an example of my voice. Um, even if it can bring good things like my room being clean, <laughs> then um, it's still not as fruitful and it doesn't bring as much joy in life as um, the Father's. The devil's voice is always fearful and is full of accusations and shame. So um, in front of you, oh, wait, my bad, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) And another thing that's always helped me is trust the Lord and test what you hear. Um, So we get to, I think today he just wants us to trust what we hear. Um, If it is good and uh, true, then just trust that. And then we also get to test it today with um, other people. So there are post-it cards in front of you, and just take one of those out. What we're going to be doing today is um, you're going to be asking the Lord for a word for the person to your left. The people on the left end of the row will pray for the person who doesn't have anybody to their left um, on the row behind them. So... What uh, what we're going to do is I'm just going to pray real quick, and then you're going to have about two minutes to um, just listen and hear from the person next to you. Lord, I just pray and I thank you that um, you are the good shepherd, that you want to speak to every one of us, that you want a relationship with one of every uh, one of us, and that you invite all of us into your home, that you want to comfort us, and you are always there with us. So I just pray that um, Holy Spirit, you just clear everybody's mind right now so that they can hear you clearly. Um all right so the lord has planned um for those words to actually be for you instead and all those all, <laughs> all those are true about you and um he he planned it to be this way so it is really important to be able to hear your the lord for others but it's really <laughs> it's really um Life building for, and like, it it builds you up when you can hear it for yourself, and it is really, really more important than hearing for others to hear for yourself, so...
2: Keep talking? Yeah. Cool. All right, here we go. Uh, hi, guys. Wow, that was enthusiastic. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and introduce myself. My name is Eva Anderson, and I'm part of the youth group here at this church. And I also help out with the preschoolers every second Tuesday, every second Sunday. <laughs> Not Tuesday, but, uh, as you can probably tell, it is Youth Sunday. Woo. <laughs> Um, if you're wondering what that is, it's just a Sunday where the youth group comes and takes over the church for a whole day, and uh, it's really cool. I mean, we got a lot going on, like the worship team, we got prophetic words and stuff like that, and it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump straight into announcements at this point. So uh, first of all, I want to welcome you guys. Welcome. You decided to get up to church this morning. i also you guys on screen. I can't see, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, If you're new and like to get more connected, please fill out one of the Connect cards in the front pocket in front of you, from the back chair, um, and put it uh, at the desk at the lobby, and we'll reach out to you when you're done. (laughs) If you're watching online, you can go to IndieVineyard.org, then click Discover, then press I'm new, and fill out a digital Connect card there. If you do not receive our weekly emails, Uh, please put your email address on a connect card and take it to the welcome desk in the lobby. It's just a great way to um, stay informed on what's going on each week. Our mission statement here is to encounter the love and power of God and give it away to the world. A few ways you can do that is participating in a couple of things that are coming up. One of those is the IVAC drawing workshop. We prepared our big words coming (laughs) (laughs) because mom gets it. So uh, artist Keith Lowe is leading this introductory drawing workshop, which will teach traditional perceptual measuring tools designed to help sharpen and amplify the way we see, helping us better express ourselves through drawing. The workshop is Tuesday, August 16th from 6 to 8 p.m. in the youth room. The cost is $10 and paid at registration. Supplies will also be provided and childcare is also available. Please RSVP by August 9th via the link on indiaveneer.org slash events. When do you register? <laughs> Another thing coming up for um is the Transforming Union Pitch-In. This is to build on our Journey of the Soul series. We have rescheduled the T-stage pitch-in for August 14th for any who are near the age 60 and older and likely in the T-slash-Transforming Union stage. We want to share, empower, and build community in this age bracket. Bring a dish to share or just show up. We'll have food prepared so that there's enough for all. This is going to take place immediately following the service in in our community room. Nancy Rigstatt and Jacqueline Furness are co-hosting this event. Please register for the pitch in at indivinioorg slash events. If you have any questions, please contact Jacqueline. Also coming up is the churchwide picnic. Each year we want to have a churchwide picnic where we can get a chance to know each other better, play games, and eat good food. This year's picnic will be on Sunday, August 28th, a meeting immediately after the service in our parking lot. Sign-ups will be available for the different ways to contribute. So if you want to bring food... You can sign up for that, too. Another way we believe we can encounter God's love and power and give it away to others is through prophetic words. We believe that God can and does speak to us and through us to invite, encourage, and exhort each other. If you think God is speaking to you, please share with the person slash Ian over there. <laughs> each week we'll have some, we'll have Ian sitting there, and... Um, and if you think you have something during worship, please share with him, and he'll prophetic, prayerfully discern whether that is for all of us to hear and when that might be. Switch, so. Info posters. So out th- in the lobby, we have... Three posters on the boards where you can find a small group, see what's happening each week at the vineyard, or see a full list of our ministries in one place. Each poster has a QR code that you can scan with your phone's camera that will take you to the information that you are looking for. If you need any assistance, ask the person at the welcome desk. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram as a great, great way to stay connected. And... encouraged <laughs> every week we have a post of all that is happening for the week so you won't miss and miss those so we're going to do the offering now this is when we gather together we have a time to receive the offering so just as a reminder 10 percent of everything that comes in goes right back to local and global missions we have two ways you can give electronically which will be on the screen and we also have a box at the back of the room where you can give your offering at the end of service so we'll take a minute to allow you to give and then i'll close us in prayer So I have a verse I want to like to share with you guys. Uh, this is Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. A lot of you guys will know this one. It's, um, while Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in, in the collection box. When a, then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, he says, this poor widow has given more than the, all the rest of them, for they have given a tiny part of their surplus. But she, as poor as she has, has given everything that she has. So I'm going to go ahead and say a prayer. Um, Lord, I thank you that you will always accept what we are able to give. I thank you that we don't have to worry about not being able to give enough. Lord, I bless each one of these people in this room. I thank you for the freedom that we have to come and worship you today, Lord. I pray for Nolan and Abby who are about to come up here and lead testimonies. Um, I thank you all, and I say this all in your name. Amen. Amen.
3: Uh, hello, my name is Nolan Houseman. I'm a senior at Hamilton Southeastern High School, um, yep, HSC. Um, <laughs> Uh, a little bit about me, I've, I played tennis on the f- tennis team, of, um, and I'm going to Liberty University next school year uh, to study business, so I'm excited about that. Um, I've been coming to this church for about three and a half years now, and I've been coming to the youth group for about the same amount of time. Um, so I've always grown up coming or being a, uh, in a Christian household, but it wasn't until coming to this church uh, where I feel like I truly found Jesus. Um, I, The first time I came to this church, I remember it was a very uh, different experience. I, I always used to go to a more traditional church uh, that had like a choir and there was hymns that you sang from a book. Uh, so there's other wrong with that. It's just a little different from this church. Um, yeah. So the first time I came here, I remember there was people like dancing, uh, ribbon dancing, and just like running down the aisles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there was uh, there's a lot of the live music and people had their hands up like. I just didn't know what that meant at the time, um, and that was just a whole new experience for me that uh, I just didn't know about, and that same night, I went to the youth group, um, and I got to meet all these amazing uh, people. got to meet these uh, the youth leaders. Ian, he's amazing. I love him. Um, yeah, and then, um, so I just got to I had this feeling at youth group that night that, like, I belonged there. And I didn't know at that time, but that was the Holy Spirit telling me um, that I belonged there. And, um, yep. And then, uh, fast forward, and uh, I got baptized January 19th of 2020. Um, Yeah, Yeah, and I feel like uh, part of the reason why I... I got baptized because of the great community that I was surrounded by. I had all these great youth youth leaders. I had Ian and all the kids that I was surrounded by in the uh, the church. And so I just think that's really important. And another thing that that led me to wanting to be baptized is the Holy Spirit. Before coming to this church, I didn't know what the Holy Spirit was. Um, During worship, people had their hands up. I didn't know why people did that. And... Just learning what the Holy Spirit was really um, led me to be wanting to be baptized. Um, A verse that I want to share that helps kind of explain that is Romans 8, 6. And it says, the mind governed by flesh is death, but the mind governed by spirit is life and peace. So I just feel like that verse, um, it really just helps, like, share that the freedom that comes with the Holy Spirit. Like, he just brings life and peace and so. I just feel like that's really important to know. And then, so after being baptized, I continued to go to the church and the youth group, and I went to all of the, the church camps. And one um, camp that really stuck out to me was, um, it's called Catch Fire. And at this church uh, camp, um, like I, there was like, all these sermons and the worship, and it's all like hyped up. And none of that, I honestly don't remember anything from that. Part of the the retreat. I remember the next morning um, there was I was eating breakfast with all of the the boys and Ian, and, and uh, we were talking. I don't know how we were having a good conversation, and I remember Ian said that uh, instead of focusing on uh, trying to get rid of sin, focusing on just love, focusing on loving uh, Jesus, and your sins will just naturally go away. And that, that really just clicked in that moment for me, and that really just helped a lot. And so what, that, what does that mean? So that, that doesn't mean that your sins will just like disappear. It means that, uh, that you will start to live a lifestyle with less sin, because what you begin to do looks more like what Jesus would do. You would try to make all your decisions rooted in Jesus. When you love Jesus, all you want to do is to please him. If you want to please him, then you won't want to sin. So, yeah, that, that wasn't during, uh, I had that breakthrough, and it wasn't during worship with all the lights off, with the loud music. It was just simple in the morning and during breakfast with a simple conversation. And that's just one thing I love about this church so much is that it's, it's simple. You know, we don't try to overhype it too much with, like, crazy lights. And it's just, um, it's more of a simple church where we can just come together and worship together and not have to overhype things too much. And then um, I started to get more curious uh, and when I started asking more questions uh, as I started walking with my relationship in Jesus and I I started asking this question of how does God view my sins? And um, so I've been doing this Bible study with Ian where we've been walking through Romans and that's kind of why we started uh, reading through Romans, because I've been asking that question, and I came across this uh, verse, Romans three nineteen through 25, and that kind of helped answer that question, and so Romans three nineteen 19 through 25 says, obviously the law applies to those who want it was given, for, it was, for its purpose is to keep people from having excuses, and to bring the entire world into judgment before God. For no one can ever be made right in God's sight by doing what his law commands. For the more we know God's law, the clearer it becomes that we aren't obeying it. But now, God has shown us a different way of being right in his sight. Not by obeying the law, but by the way way, um, promised in his scriptures long ago. We are made right in God's sight when we trust in Jesus Christ to take away our sins. And we all can be saved in the same way, no matter who we are or what we have done, for all have sinned. All fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet now, God in his gracious kindness declares us not guilty. He has done this through Christ Jesus, who has freed us by taking away our sins. For God sent us to take the punishment for our sins and to satisfy God's anger against us. For we are made right with God when we believe that Jesus shed his blood, sacrificing his life for us. God has been entirely fair and just when he did not punish those who sinned in former times. So I just feel like that verse kind of helped answer that question uh, for me, um, that question that I've been asking, and it helped answer other questions that I've been asking myself, myself um, just because I don't want to uh, just believe things to, believe, like, that's what I've been told. I want to, I just started having, like, started asking questions because that's, uh, because I want to know how to explain it and be able to teach it for other people. And I feel like uh, Romans 3.31 kind of helps uh, explain this as well. It says, in fact, only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law. And I feel like, uh, you know, I've been asking this question, like, how does God view sin? I feel like that is almost the wrong question to ask. I feel like a better question is how can I please God? Um, Because I just want to make him happy, and that's, instead of focusing on how, like, the sin, I just want to focus on loving him and uh, pleasing him. And I'm still reading through Romans, and so I'm still answering those questions, uh, and Ian's helping me through that. Um, And so to close, uh, looking back at my journey so far, I've recognized that uh, the people that, I've been surrounded by a great community, and these people have helped me cultivate my relationship with Jesus. You know, Ian, uh, the youth leaders, all these kids in the youth le- uh, youth group, and this whole church has just helped me cultivate my relationship with Jesus. And so, if you aren't in a community, if you aren't connected, then get connected because you were not meant to walk this all alone. You're meant to have these people to help you and to help cultivate. Your relationship with Jesus. And then one verse that kind of helps explain that is Romans 12:4 through5, and it says, "Just as our bodies have been parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of His own body, and each of us has different works to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. And each of us needs all the others. And so that kind of, that verse just kind of helps share that we all need each other in Christ. So stop sitting in the silent and instead get in the game. Thank you.
2: Hi guys.
4: can you guys hear me okay yeah good morning I'm Abby I've probably talked to about every single one of you in the lobby if not you've seen me in the children's ministry but if not um, definitely come talk to me after I would love to just probably talk about anything and everything as many of you know me that will happen um, a group of us were working on what this morning would look like. And we were praying over it and a few weeks like a few weeks ago. And we felt the Lord calling on the childlike faith of this church. Like what it looks like to be like in that eagerness, like wanting to learn more, asking questions. That is what like in childlike faith, like when you look at a child like they ask questions, they don't really Like, they have no filter. They just want to know and know and know and ask and ask and ask. Um, So, let me, hold on. Um, We were just talking about, like, what the childlike faith is and the community that you surround yourself in and how you look more like that. So, Matthew 18, 1 through 5 says... At, the time, uh, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like the little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Um Many of you in the church have talked to like Ian or me or other students other leaders any of us and you're like all of the youth group like they have so such a deep connection to God like how is that possible at my age I was never like you like many of you say that and we were talking about it and I've asked around over the years and stuff as like that question has come up in like my thought my brain like why is it looking different and Many of the students have fallen on our testimonies and experiences at church camps. And though, like, every day you should be living out, like, at church camp, it's very different. It's more of that hype, like, energy, and, like, you're only focused on God. That's the only thing that is in, like... That is worrying you. And I think that's where many of us can, like, disconnect from our real lives and go into, like, five or three days of just only Jesus, only God, only the Holy Spirit. That is where all of our, like, thoughts are going to. Um, so that's where we decided to turn this morning service into what we experience and love at camps. We spread out worship and... Had you all do the prophetic exercise that many of you were probably very uncomfortable by, but you did it anyway, so good job. Um, And um, we have even more planned after this. Um, As I pray into what a true childlike faith looks like, um, the phrase I guarantee you all have heard, if you've gone to this church for more than like three weeks, actually heard it this morning, there's no junior Holy Spirit. This phrase has always been directed at youth, saying, hey, like giving them more strength, giving them more power. The same Holy Spirit that lives in me lives in Ian or Randy. like They have as much power, as much strength. The Holy Spirit that lives in me is not any less capable than what lives in Ian or Randy. And that is absolutely true. But I feel like this phrase kind of goes both ways. Now it's directed at the adults. There's no junior Holy Spirit the same Holy Spirit that lives in Ian or Randy isn't any less youthful than what lives in me. He, like, okay, sorry, hold on. I can't even read my own handwriting so I have to type it out on my computer. (laughs) 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 Dyslexia hits hard. (laughs) Um, I think that it changes up. It's now not delivering strength, but it's affirming it. It's, Like God saying, hey, I know you're older than them, but I still have so much to pour into you. Your plan is not finished yet. There's no age cap on my plan for you. There's no, yeah. (laughs) Um, So Ian wanted us to talk about our testimonies, what brought us into the childlike faith that we live in. The enthusiasm and hype energy that we have in our faith. Um, So I was born into this church. I grew up here for most of like, a decent amount until I was about, like, five or six, I think. It's hard. It's iffy. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not – I was very young, so I don't really know the exact age I was when I moved. But we moved and started going to a different church, and it was much bigger. And it was um, It. – we're – okay, my family's not very extroverted. I'm kind of the odd one out, <laughs> like, and – when I was six, I definitely was not this extroverted. Like, they consider my little sister the extrovert, and that's not true. <laughs> um, so we didn't get really social with, like, the church that we were in. We didn't really connect. And that, when we weren't in a community that we were connected to, we had less motivation to be in that community. We we were, like, not going to church as often. We were, like, we didn't have any motivation. There weren't people that we wanted to see, like, and we just kind of, like, our faith started to stunt. It wasn't worsening, but it wasn't growing, and that's, like, the community that you live in, like, you need it to grow, and especially at, like, a young age, like, that's the key time to learn to grow your faith. So, when I was probably around eleven or twelve, me and my older sister started begging to come back to Vineyard. We were like, I re- even at a young age, I remember like certain memories from when I was at Vineyard. And like, you might not believe me, but like I br- I remember not holding on to that rope when they really told me to, and then leading me in right through here and watching Kara Jones sing up right there. Like that is like a key memory that I knew, I was like, that's the community I want to be in. Even though I don't know it, that I haven't been in it for years, I know what it was, and I know what I want to be in. So we were eager to come back, and we came back, and immediately I got connected um, and attached to everyone. I remember, like, the first face that welcomed me was Sierra Wingfield. She was immediately with me, and we were making jokes about how Gabe Picard was being too loud and Colton and Gabe were making jokes about the world and making like puns. It was just we knew that like this was the community. <laughs> we were like, oh, we're just gonna like tape their mouth shut, like they're too loud. <laughs> like that was an, an immediate like connection with the people I knew that like this is who I wanted to be with. So a little bit later when Ian joined, Um, we started going to the outpouring every year and catch fire, and we did the summer camp this past year. And uh, around the outpouring 2019 was when I heard from the Lord first, where I had my first defining moment. It was um, Scott McInero was speaking, and it was, like, super powerful. Everybody, I still probably, like, word for word spit out what he said. Like, I know it so well. And after that, I continued to grow my faith. That kind of brought me into that childlike faith of, like, the eagerness, that I want to know more, I want to know, I want to know. Um, and so then, January 19, 2020, I got baptized, same day as Nolan. <laughs> um, and I continued to live out that faith sentence. Um, I tell you this for a few reasons. Um, one, a testimony does not have to be a mountain- mountaintop experience. I consider my strongest testimony where I in my uh, testimony in my life where I've had multiple uh, oh my goodness I consider this my strongest testimony in my life. I've had multiple mountain top experiences. I've been like on fire for God at camps like it's been insane, but I consider this the steadiest. The like it doesn't have to be this huge spike because sometimes when there's a spike it drops and I want to have a glide up. Um, so the second one is the second reason I tell you this is the people in community you surround yourself with are the people you're going to look like. You've probably heard that the more you spend time with somebody the more you're going to look like that person and I truly believe that the reason I'm so energetic, bold, loud, excited, and probably a little bit annoying, is because I surround myself with Jesus and children. I volunteer at, in the church ministry, after that I go to youth group on Sunday, I teach at my dance studio, and when I'm not, you will probably see me hanging out with the students that I teach, like, that's who I surround myself with. and. I'm not saying this to say that, like, you have to be at that extreme extent that I have. Like, I'm only with Jesus and children and the occasional adult. And I talk to the adults. But that's who I usually, I mean, I walk around every morning say, Hi, Adelaide. Hi, Colette. Like, I say hi to every single child in this church every morning. Like, that's what I do. And you don't have to go to that extreme extent. But I truly believe that the more kids you spend time with the more your faith will look like a child like the more enthusiasm and eagerness you will have to learn more and the hype energy Um, so i i believe like if you surround yourself with children you will begin to look like them Um, the community i was surrounded by when i left vineyard was not good for me it drew me away and i'm not saying the church wasn't good but I wasn't in the state of, like, like um, extrovert. Like, I wasn't being an extrovert, and I didn't want to, like, talk to people and get connected. And, like, there was nobody that I connected to. So it wasn't good. And it drew me away from my faith rather than push me to want more and have that eagerness. And from there, I was surrounded by a community that worsened and not only stunted but started to break down my growth and my faith. And because the community... Because the community that you live in is the community that you live like. It's the community that you start to look like. Um, and to finish, 1 sec- Corinthians 15:33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. And on the flip side, you could say that good company strengthens bad morals. It fixes it. It heals it. So, yeah. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to have the worship team come up and we're going to worship some more. Um, if any of you really quick, if any of you have any testimonies that you'd like to share about the prophetic experience that we had now, um, I'd love to have like one or two people share. If not, that's okay. And we'll just go worship. So, no, Sean, do you want to come up? I'll come to you a little bit. Do you want to or no? Yeah? All right, he's coming, y'all. Yeah. All right, Sean, so what we're going to do to keep it short is we're going to talk about where you were before your testimony, what happened, and then where you are now, so what you look like different, okay? So you want to speak into the mic? Uh, when I was about nine years old, um, God talked to me and um, He told me that my family, he, he needed help out, so I helped my mom, um, and dad, and and I used to not wear glasses, but now I wear glasses. Yeah. There you go. Good job, Sean. All right. Let's worship. If you guys want to stand and worship with us, that would be great.